eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Oh, man, just dropping knowledge. There's so many things that we talk about that I really feel like a lot of people could really like learn from. Like just there's really knowledgeable stuff. We'd have to clean it up a little bit clearly. Because we need like an HBO version. We do. Or you just like like the the the, or the, just the nugget that you gave listen and talk to our wives. <laughs> the, the nugget that you just gave is so impactful in every man's life, and it just if they just were just willing to kind of you pay, want me to clean pay it up the price. Hold on, here pay the price. I know how to clean can, it up. Wait, hold on. You're telling me you can clean what you just told yep. me up right now. Yep. Absolutely. Okay, then I will be the judge. I will let everybody know whether or not he did a good job of cleaning it up, which is basically very descriptive and graphic. So for those who uh, remember the episode in Seinfeld where uh, Jerry was dating the gymnast and the gymnast thought that the comedian was every bit as sexually free and good as Kramer positioned the gymnast to Jerry. The whole, so basically here's what it is. If you are going away for a weekend and there is a, and there is not a chance you land this. Of course I do. Okay. All right. If you're a gentleman and you're going away <laughs> with a lady for the weekend okay. and you say no to the mini bar and don't build that into your budget, then you are essentially cutting off a portion of the sensual delights that might come your way during that time. And therefore it is a short term loss. Because in a way, you're cutting yourself off in many different ways. What, what do they call it? Like a penny wise, a dollar, whatever. What uh, is that? Penny one? wise, pound foolish. Kind of same thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of the same thing. Yeah. If you're if you're away with a lady <laughs> or a man, doesn't matter. Whatever floats your boat. Uh, and they go to reach in there, and there's a twenty dollar thing of wine yeah. that you know is massively overpriced. You say no. You're gonna hear no. Yeah, you're gonna hear no. So did yeah. I? Did I, I, I listen? Yes, for the most part. Come it's, on. But it was much better the other way. Well, I know if we could do the, the X-rated really was, version of really. The, if you're gonna do what to what, you yeah. need what? There you go. Fill sp- in the blanks from there. I spent twenty five dollars on one drink. 
when I was away. I mean, that's... It was a $20 margarita, okay, which is one <sighs> shot of, right, of tequila. Okay. Hold on. Plus, like, a, a, a luxury, like, a hotel tax, plus this tax, plus the gratuity. Oh, boy. Which, for drinks, I'm, I go overboard with the tipping. Because I just want to make sure the drinks. I would let the bartender so know. Your, so your burger, you don't care if it's wrong, but you're letting the bartender know, make my drinks no, nice and strong. Not when I go to, if I go to Burger King, I'm not tipping the person who hands me the tray of food. But at a, at a, a resort, at a, at a hotel, of okay. course. I want you to come frequently and, uh, you know, with uh, bearing lots of gifts. Exactly. Same for my theory as well. Which I think works just as well. You just build it into the budget. We're both of getting something that we want. Uh, there you go. That's exactly <laughs> right. Now, before we both get text messages, let's talk about Marcus Smart. Yeah, let's do that. You have not had a chance to tee off on the Marcus Smart trade from the Celtics. Uh, of course, Marcus Smart out, Chris Dapps, Porzingis in. My whole worry with Porzingis is that this guy gets dinged up a lot. Yeah. You got to manage him. But anyway, just on the thought of Marcus Smart, uh, a player that I know you have loved from the very beginning. Yeah, well, no, I had a weird relationship with him. I was, I had a weird relationship with him, but I, I eventually just kind of, just gave into who he was, and I just stopped trying to, you know, convince him or myself that he was something else. Either you liked him for who he was or who he wasn't. Like that was it. Um, but it is amazing to me that there is a hot there. There was a there was a market for Marcus Smart. Mm-hmm. Not his, you know, set shooting. You know, not his, uh, not his defensive, you know, uh, you know, uh, ability. But it was his leadership skills. I think the biggest thing, the biggest, his biggest asset was like he is now the bull elephant in the room, going to a team that absolutely one hundred percent needs leadership guidance. You know, a real a stern, you know, example of what it takes to win. They Even need an he's adult. Act, he's never won anything. Mm-hmm. Have you heard? The, do you know the bull elephant analogy? Have yes. you ever heard this yeah, before? Yeah. Right? The whole like, uh, uh, you know, in, in Africa, the whole like, you know, I forget what they call them. Um, um, Pachyderms? No, no, no. They're um, uh, where they all roam free. Uh, it's oh, you mean like a safari a or a yeah. sanctuary yeah. or yeah, a sanctuary or something like so that? So a sanctuary. Okay. So there was a. I saw this on sixty minutes. I thought it was really interesting. Where they had this one sanctuary where all these young elephants were like going crazy. They were like destroying villages. They were attacking other animals. They were just unruly because there was no there was no guidance. There was nobody telling them what to do. They got in the mini. So what did they do? They went ahead and they and they and they uh, they brought in a an adult bull elephant, okay, and the bull elephant instantly went in and just handled everything. This guy wasn't acting up. This elephant wasn't destroying this because they knew they would have to answer to the bull elephant. So Marcus Smart is that bull elephant wow. that is basically the example of what it takes to win. Even though he technically has never won anything other than Defensive Player of the Year, but he's been he's never not been to the playoffs. He plays with heart. He plays with passion. He will soapbox the hell out of you, okay? And but and and he will hold you in check. That is what they two first round picks for him, two, which I thought was amazing, because he's not. I mean, he's not like a what you would think a two first round picks would go for. Well, that's the, that's how he's the a specialist. Celtics, well, the Celtics really ended up with maybe the best part of the deal. Memphis needed or got what they needed desperately, which was leadership. But for the Celtics, they get the unicorn in Porzingis, and they get a couple of first-round picks that, for whatever they're worth, 
They're worth something now with the new CBA, which is why guys like Brad Stevens and you know Sam Presti out in Oklahoma City, they're starting to compile draft assets because teams either want non-guaranteed contracts for second rounders or you need first round picks to be able to get over a million or two to throw into these deals to balance out these trades to hit the 80% threshold, yada, yada. Yeah, no, I, I think I thought that was interesting just how valuable he was, you know, looked at from another team. There's not a lot that need a guy like him, but a young team with obvious issues with some of their superstars needed somebody to come in and regulate. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I love the Prazingis angle. I think. Not, he's just so just – it's so different than what they've ever had with these guys. Like, he does something like completely different than Jason and Jalen. Value brand Jokic? Uh, maybe. I mean, best-case scenario could be. But just his overall height, his size, you know, his ability to shoot. They're, they're, they're pubbing this hole. He's going to put his back to the basket. They're going to have a post-up game. I don't believe it. I don't believe it for a second. Well, that that has led some people to wonder if there is going to be that element in the offense. Do they end up going to some version of the triangle that Phil Jackson used to run years ago in Chicago and then brought it back with the Lakers? Yeah, I, I just I think Mazul is 100% committed to shooting threes left and right. And, uh, you know, oh, look, if they uh, if those guys are hitting, you know, they can he can he can be the third scoring option. He can, he can shoot. He can draw defenders out. But I just, like, as far as a roster goes, as far as a starting five, I think this is maybe one of the most unique starting fives in the NBA as far as the two guys that you – the two Jays and then Porzingis. It's like it's just such an odd kind of just pairing of talent. If Porzingis is right, I don't know if he is here to be more like Jokic or here to be more like Dirk Nowitzki. That's that's where I'm kind of landing on this. Now, after the uh, NBA draft, I think this press conference started at like 1 in the morning or something crazy like that. But uh, after it was all said and done, Brad Stevens talked about Marcus Smart and just how difficult this whole thing was. What has uh, Marcus meant to this franchise and how difficult it was uh, the decision? Yeah, I mean, really hard. Um, I, I said this at the start of um, the summer. I, I thought that we needed to balance our roster and make sure that we looked at the best ways to do that. Um, and that meant that we were going to likely lose a really, really, really good player. And, uh, you know, as far as Marcus, um, you know, as I told him, you know, when he got here, we were 25 and 57 the year before. And, you know, the greatest legacy that you can leave, right, is to be someplace and it's better off because you were there. And, you know, I think that everybody here feels that way. I think that he will always um, be appreciated and um, thought of so fondly here for any number of reasons. Obviously, everybody loved the way that he plays and how hard he plays, but also his work in the community. And, um, you know, we're all really grateful to have had Marcus in our life for as long as we've had. And, you know, and, you know, are sad to see him go, but know that, he's going to have a huge impact on that really good Memphis team. Um, So um, very difficult, um, very difficult conversations, um, Mm. really hard to do. But, um, you know, um, he'll he'll always have Boston for sure, right? I mean, I think that Boston. So there you go. There's 
So there is uh, Brad Stevens. Good Lord. I didn't realize he was going to drone on like that. Uh, And Adam Himmelsbach had the tweet of, uh, and the story of Marcus Smart shocked as to what went down. Shocked that this happened. Now, I'm sure there was the thought on the Marcus Smart end, hey, at a higher price point, Brogdon's going to be the guy who's going to go. But even though Brad Stevens was pretty melancholy there, this to me was a move that he had to make. I'd mentioned even before the draft, maybe it's time for Marcus Smart to go. Not because Marcus Smart's a bad player or a bad influence or anything like that, but if you're going to – the Celtics have clearly hit a ceiling. And it's right now it feels like it's Eastern Conference Finals. They've hit the ceiling. How do you find a way to break through? You shake it up. You can't shake it up if you're not taking one of the core guys. And Tatum and Brown ain't going anywhere. So to me, it had to be Marcus Smart. I also want the scorer in Brogdon. But we also have to recognize that, you know, in a way, this is, I don't know if it's taking the full heart out of the chest of this team. But, boy, you've definitely stopped the heart of this team right now, and now they've got to kind of rebuild themselves and figure out who is going to become that guy that's going to replace Smart in terms of his voice. Is it automatically Al because it's deferential to him being the veteran? Does Al get more to say now? Does Derek White have a bigger leadership role? Does Brogdon, who came here and was a good soldier, he did a great job last year, shut his mouth, wasn't divisive. Is there more from him that will help this team? That becomes the next part of that in question, Foyer, that I think is real important, which is you knew where everybody knew where they stood with Marcus Smart and his position within the team, whether he annoyed the hell out of you or not. And if Tatum and Brown aren't ready to jump into more of that role in a good way, who is going to be that person that's going to emerge? See, I think this is the most intriguing aspect of all of this. I'm with you. Okay, not to give some old football reference, but you know, Laura Malloy getting bounced before the 2020, uh, the 2003 season mm-hmm. was weird. Been there forever. The obvious leader, very vocal. Everyone just knew, okay, well, let's check with lawyer, see what he says, right? That's the way it was. And I... I I don't think you in, – in this situation was weird because your leader was not your best player. Like, Marcus Smart was not their best player. Yeah. He was a very good player, impactful player, but he was the most boisterous, the most uh, – I feel like he was like a verbal bulldozer sometimes when it came to, like, you know, you know, saying his – giving his opinion. The reality is it can't be Al, can't be Brogdon, it can't be anyone. You have two candidates for this. That's it. You have Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum. That is it. Mm. it. I would say it has to be one of those two. It has to be. It cannot be anybody else. It's like I don't like, you know, Chris Sale being the leader, uh, you know, of the Red Sox. He pitch. He plays every five days. So how can he really lead? Like he's really not making an impact. You know, you know, unless he's playing. So it's got to be a hitter. It's got to be a fielder. It's got to be somebody like that. I don't believe those types of situations work. So it has to be one of those two guys. And I feel like this is the ultimate sign of, like, evolution for these two players. It's your team now, guys. Go do it. Okay, I've taken out the strongest voice in the room. He is obviously the strongest voice in the room, whether you believe him or not. Mm -hmm. He's been there the longest. He's seen the most. He's played in the most postseason games. He is the elder statesman. 
He's gone now. He's got he's to lead another young team, right? Because he knows how to do it. Um, it's got to be those two guys. Well, it's I don't know if it's always the best player in the NBA that is your leader. I do think they have the biggest voice when something needs to be said. Because I don't know, like just thinking about Denver, is Jokic really the leader of that team? Yes. From an emotional? No, I yes. think he's on the court. It's I definitely either, think he either is. Him or, uh, I've seen videos and, re- and read articles about him, how he handles players. Right. It seems to me that he is... Like quietly in the end, nobody's nah. doing anything without his approval. Well, that but that's the thing though. He's not the front facing forward face of he is the face of the franchise, but from a leadership end, I don't know if the rest of the guys on that roster are like, Oh yeah, that guy's definitely the leader. He's the one that we listen to. To me, it would feel like if there was something going on and then Jokic spoke up about it. It would be his words carry weight. Like, think about the Miami Heat. Jimmy Butler, great leader. They take cues from him. Why have they been paying Udonis Haslam over a million a year to sit there? Because that is the real leader of that basketball team. Haslam? I, uh, oh, yeah. No. Oh, that, Not a chance. The reason the Miami Heat are paying that guy is because of the voice that he does have. Now, look. I think it's a respect you're super, thing. You're he, su- bra- he breaks them down before the game. He wears. He's the only person that wears a different colored jumpsuit. He breaks them down before games. But that's a respect thing all of they those, give him. And all of those guys to a T who have come through there have respected that dude. See, I think what Brad Stevens is doing is pulling a little bit of here from a little bit there, right? Al Horford will be the Udonis Haslam of this group. He was here before. Now he's back. Then you have Tatum to, if we're going to use Miami for an example, Tatum's got to become that Jimmy Butler guy and become more forceful in terms of his leadership. But I think there will be someone not named Jalen Brown that is going to emerge that's going to be one of those quiet leaders in the room in a little bit of the way, I know you're going to laugh at this, that Kike Hernandez tried to do that with the Red Sox. It was, you're a good player, you're definitely a starter, you definitely have a voice, but I don't know if we can take all of our cues from you, per se. And I would just say, like, that's, like, with any team in, in any sport, there are supporting cast leaders. There's There, there the, have to be. The, you, Yeah, you have to. Yes. You can't just have one guy. You need. Superstars are self-centric. So, but I would say, as a general rule, though, agree or disagree, it's up to you. No. Nah. Okay? If well, you just look you. at the last four teams. Uh, that played in the playoffs. You look at the Lakers, the Nuggets, the Celtics, and the, and the and the Heat. Three of the four, generalizing, okay, had obvious leaders, and those leaders were the best players. Jokic, and you could debate it all you want. LeBron James, Jimmy Butler, but not the Celtics. Not the Celtics. The strongest voice, the biggest leader, the one who was really dictating everything. As far as how things went, in my opinion, mm-hmm. was Marcus Smart. Yeah, I think if for the only way for Tatum and Brown to have a chance to grow into being leaders is now with Smart off the roster. I agree. Now we're going to find out whether there are others that have been waiting to lead and step up. And are Tatum and Brown ready for this at that level? And this is where Brad Stevens has not only rolled the dice on Kristaps Porzingis, That's one roll of the dice. You could argue the bigger role is making sure that the locker room is going to be okay without Marcus Smart. Because that, to me, screams Brad Stevens putting faith into the two Js. It is interesting. And 
You know, apparently, according to Brian Robb, a mass live, who did a good job breaking this down. Do you know who else was hot on the trail of Kristaps Porzingis before the draft? One Daniel R. Ainge. And he might have been the one that turned up the heat for the Celtics to get this deal done and cave in and actually give Marcus Smart up in a trade, which Brad Stevens did.